0: on how you buy. Hello to everybody who enjoys getting to know your siblings. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to
1: know you. And you'll get to know me.
0: Hello everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Last week's episode, a caller detailing in really vivid language a raccoon attack. This episode got a lot of response in the Beautiful Anonymous Facebook group. I saw a lot of tweets about it. I will say at one point I spoke of of an encounter I had with a possum that freaked me out. And I expressed this a lot. I, when I say a lot, I will say a a surprising number of people came to the defense of possums online, telling me that possums are actually cute. Some people admitting they are freaky, but explaining that they eat a lot of ticks and that they are a friend, that they are an ally to humans. And a lot of people actually saying that possums are often demonized and that I should not spread the demonization of possum. So apology apologies to the possum community at large and to the possum enthusiasts, never meant to insult. Uh, thanks to everybody who has been checking out the CGP podcast. I know it's not, uh, it's everybody's cup of tea, but it's a, we've been having a really fun time putting out episodes with me and other New York comedians just kind of messing around. It's a companion podcast to my new TV project. And it uh, means a lot that some of you guys are listening to it. So thanks for that. And what else? This week's episode, I I think about, I've thought about this one. It's been a while since we've recorded it, and I, it, I roll it over my head a lot. It's callers dealing with grief. It's callers dealing with loss. But loss relating to an extraordinarily complicated relationship. And I found it so fascinating because... She's in a position that I think many of us are, which is that, you know, you listen to the caller, admittedly by by her own account, she has a really cool life, great life, but there was one open wound. There was this one open wound. And now a situation has happened where unfortunately that wound is not gonna have a chance to heal, not fully. And I think a lot of us have our own version of that story. Callers is uh, particularly eye-opening and and there's some some very uh dramatic twists and turns to this story but it's a story about grief and loss and how parents affect their kids and how we deal with the curveballs that life throws us also we talk a lot about a cute little animal and i know references to cute animals go a long way with the fan base of this show enjoy
1: the call Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's good.
0: It's good. Feeling really good. Yeah, how yeah. about you?
1: Yeah, pretty pretty tough to have um, made it through, to be honest. This is, this is bananas, but I love it. Hello. Yeah, wicked.
0: I'm glad you made it through.
1: Glad you made it through. <laughs> it's um so well. For starters, I'm I'm in England. Um, so just to paint a picture, it's Friday afternoon. Uh, work finished twenty minutes. The attitude's pretty chill, and it's uh yeah, it's it has been a nice sunny day here in London. So yeah, the mood is high.
0: <laughs> a nice sunny day in London. That's awesome. That's always a nice thing. Yeah. I uh, I've really grown to love London. There was a stretch where I felt like uh, London didn't didn't like me, but then I've realized that was just all my own ego and insecurity. And I've been back, and I really dig it.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I um I liked the uh, well, obviously I like I listened to the uh, St James's not St James's Park. Um, you went to the Rose Gardens and had a chat. And heard, yeah,
0: with that guy who grew yeah, up on a sheep really cool. farm. That was a nice guy. I think. Yeah. I think we're coming back in September, hopefully, to the podcast festival.
1: Oh, that's awesome news! Um, oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. You bet. That's cool.
0: So, did you grow up in
1: London? No. So I um I I live in a county. Well, you might know it, um, Essex. It's become famous because of that. Um, the only way is Essex show, which is a bit like Jersey Shore. Um. So I I live. An hour outside of London, but I keep in every day a job, um, which I love. And it's, you know, it's an easy community. So, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. London's pretty cool.
0: That's cool. Now, can I – all right, let me ask you something. I'm going to – this is just a dumb question before we get into whatever we're going to talk to – talk about, rather. So, I feel – okay, one of the things I feel particularly ignorant about as an American is that I feel like in the U.K., there are a number of different accents that when, when you hear them, people know immediately, oh, that person's from here. Whereas we hear them in America and we just go, that person's British. And that's, what, that's kind of where we leave it. Um, whereas I feel like when other people hear American accents, you pretty quickly know if that person's from the South or the Southwest or what. I, what, what type of accent do you have? What, what category would your accent fall into?
1: But that's a good question. So um, I I don't really have a distinct dialect unless I'm actually hanging around with people from Essex. Um, that being said, whenever I say my hometown, um, it, the, the the accent comes out. So I'm I'm trying to speak as you know, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to speak the same as possible now. But do you want me to put on like a thick Essex accent so you can hear the difference?
0: Okay, yeah, so when you're around other people from Essex, let's say you're in the pub, you've had a couple of drinks, everybody's from Essex, what does that sound like?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, did you even see Game of Thrones last night? It was mental.
0: <laughs> so that, So when, when other people from the UK area, the European listeners, when they hear that accent, they write away, now they're going like, oh, okay, okay, I know who we're dealing with now.
1: Probably, or or actually, that might have sounded a bit too London. Actually, that oh. uh, it might southeast. I reckon you could say that was. I, now I'm going to be really embarrassed if anyone southeast English this.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I don't mean for you to take on the responsibility of impressing an entire uh, nation slash empire. It's the last thing I want. Last thing I want is for you to feel that pressure.
1: But I, I'm I, I'm only learning the difference between. Um, American dialect like uh, people say the South then I think it's like tiki characters or (laughs) celebrities or whatever that has that kind
0: of yeah I mean I do feel like we have the advantage because so many movies that travel the world come from the US so I feel like other people may get to know our accents better I grew up with a very heavy New Jersey accent which not many people know the real version of but I think sometimes listeners to the show may re- may not realize. Sometimes when I get excited, you hear the Jersey come back out. Um, but there's like a stereotype that – there's a big stereotype that people from New Jersey talk like this. Like, I'm from New Jersey. Where are you from? And that's not real. That's all just based on a sketch that Saturday Night Live did decades ago. The real Jersey accent, which you hear sometimes in the show, is when I start going like, oh, my God, that's horrible. That's horrible. And And if there's a word with a T in the middle, we don't pronounce it in New Jersey. Like – a baby cat. How how would you refer to a baby cat? A kitten. I say kitten. 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 That's in, when you know you're in Jersey. Trenton is the capital. Kittens. You don't. We wear gloves and sometimes we wear mittens. We don't wear mittens. We wear mittens. That's how you know you're in New Jersey.
1: Sounds like a rock. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, now we've discussed regional dialects. What else would we like to talk about today?
1: Uh. I- Crikey, Uh, so I've... I've Did you just say crikey?
0: Hold on. Did you just
1: say crikey? Yeah. That's a real thing, huh? (laughs) Oh, I love that. Uh, uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's just when I'm nervous it comes out. (laughs) I love it.
0: I got a crikey out of it. Maybe I'll start trying to bring crikey over the pond. Maybe I'll see if I can introduce crikey into the New York lexicon.
1: I'll try and crowbar in a cool blimey if you like. Oh, I
0: like that. <laughs> Wait, I heard blimey in there. What was the first one?
1: Cool, blimey. Oh, yeah. Blimey. Blimey. That I say a lot. Blimey. Probably more than crikey. I think crikey is like a more of an Australian phrase.
0: Crikey. Yeah, you might be right about that. Crikey, blimey. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop being blown away by things that are uh, completely standard and regular for your pattern of speech. Okay, go. What are we going to talk about?
1: Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I've always like had a thought like, oh, if I ever got through. Oh, may I just quickly just side note say to anyone outside of the US because I know a lot of people like uh, frustrated if they can't get through. Like, do keep trying. I, I um, like you can do Skype and stuff like that. It it does work. Like, hold on and don't give up and stuff. I love <laughs> that,
0: and <laughs> I yeah, do, like, I really <laughs> do. I keep saying to people, I want this show to keep going until every single person who wants to call has a chance to get on record. That's my goal. I want everybody who ever wants a chance to talk to call and talk. So
1: I'll keep it going
0: as long yeah. as you guys keep calling.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I initially started calling just because I had a, a like a free Skype trial.
0: Um, <laughs> and that,
1: that was kind of like, oh, no, oh, no, product placement. Oh, that's oh, okay. no. That's fine. I don't so, think... Uh, available? Yeah,
0: we don't pre- I mean if it turns out that you are somehow a uh, a an undercover British Skype operative who's been tasked with uh getting on this show specifically to plug Skype, I would go so far as to say kudos to the Skype viral advertising department because that is an elaborate and unlikely to work plan.
1: Yeah, definitely. Don't you get like 11,000 callers? What would be the chances of that? <laughs> Let's see
0: where we're at right now. You're on the line. And so far, oh, it's a slow day. Only 8,800 so far. 8,800 call attempts so far.
1: That's still pretty staggering. That's a pretty high number. It's cool. It's cool. cool. Sorry. Okay. We keep deflecting. Okay. So, yeah. So, I've I've had a thought, like, what would I talk about? Um, Okay. So, So, 2018 was, like, the best year ever. Loads and loads of good stuff happened. Um, like, I hit 30, I bought my own place, um, I booked my wedding, I adopted a cat, um, I, you know, went to autumn awesome gigs and all this kind of stuff. It was just the best, I'll throw in a blooming, it was the best blooming year ever. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and then 2019 rocked around, and uh, mid-January, my dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Which was a bit of a... <laughs> yeah um yeah thanks um it it's a complicated thing um i've had a like difficult relationship with him um, and long story short that's actually how i got into listening to your podcast um so someone who i work with um they recommended this this podcast which is um deals a lot with grief and and uh, comedians um, talk for an hour about their personal experiences with grief and then somehow I, I went on this kind of personal story journey like trying to listen to other people because there's no guidebook to grief like you don't know if you how you're feeling is normal and and how long it's going to last and no one's got the answers so it was just helpful reading or uh, hearing other people's stories um so lo and behold you know I, I discovered beautiful anonymous so that I'm I'm a pretty new caller and um, listener even because um, it was only yeah as I say like since January February um, but it's it's so lovely hearing from other people from all over the world um, and everybody's like different stories um, and it's it's kind of been really it's been really helpful um, because you don't know how to feel and and there have been there was one day I just. I, uh, I woke up and I, I was in the wrong mood like it was that classic like oh got out of bed the wrong side this morning it was literally from the point I got up I felt rotten and uh by the time I was you know made my way to work because I thought oh just a normal routine I'll get out of this funk and you know I love my job I think I've said it three million times before um I'll get out of this funk and I'll carry on with my day and I'll be back to normal but I was in the lift up to the office crying, and then like beeline to uh, this lady um, who I know has lost her mum recently, and uh, she she said, "Oh, this is this is a grief day." but like, oh <laughs> it has a name." <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been a pretty pants uh, January and February and March and April, and <laughs> but no, that's a. But then there's also good things, so. For instance, two days ago, my sister had a baby, and, oh, nice. and I've got of, so nice, lots of nice things to look forward to, and so many good, happy things. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 not all bad.
0: <laughs> so you get, It sounds like overall, you got a really you got a kick ass life going that you're enjoying, and this grief has thrown you for a real loop. Yeah, I
1: mean. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm so lucky, you know, hashtag blessed and all that kind of stuff. I've 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 never really been an, a sad person. i have you know, I'm, I think I'm definitely one of the lucky ones to say that I've never really had depression or felt depression or had problems with anxieties. And so many of my friends have it, and it's you know it's, it's heartbreaking. I wish I could help and or you know do something, but I. Yeah, I, I've never really oh God, I sound so awful, like, ooh, I've never been sad before. Like of course I've been sad and, and crappy things happen. Sorry, Sally, I don't know if crappy's okay. Um but, you know, it's uh yeah, I've got a I've got a lot of good things. Um I maybe that's the thing, you know, like I've I've been focusing so much on all the good, I've not actually really been dealing with this, you know Pants part the the whole grief, you know, my dead, dead bit.
0: <laughs> now, can I ask? You said you had a, uh, I think you termed it a difficult relationship with your dad. Do you f- mm. do you feel like that has contributed to this grief lingering? Because uh, I would imagine maybe that might leave a lot of stuff unresolved, or sort of a lot to wrap your head around in terms of pondering that relationship. Yeah is that part of it?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um so actually, um I last spoke to my dad uh 2015, so what 4 years ago, um, he died during this argument <laughs> um which is you know, annoying and upsetting because it was it's one of those classic, you know, unfinished business things. Um uh there's, there's quite a few Complications around it. So another thing is that he doesn't live in the UK. He he's he's from another country and he moved back to this other country. I'm not going to say it because it's definitely going to be an identifier, but I'll probably end up saying it because I'm not very good (laughs) 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 keeping secrets. Yeah, so he's he's lived in another country since I was six, uh, which is you know his his home country, Um, and seeing him was always difficult growing up. Like we'd, we'd kind of go over there twice a year during the school holidays, but um, we always thought he was coming back home and uh, he never did. Um, And then we found out he had another family, um, which, you know, now as a (laughs) 30 year old, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. (laughs) But at at the time when I was, you know, this kid who was absolutely besotted with my dad, he was, he was, you know, the best thing ever. Um, I think that's that was probably the hardest thing because I loved him so much. It felt like I was proper betrayed. Like um, it, it so quickly goes from you know adoring someone to then not wanting to hear their name or, or uh, you know acknowledge their existence and all this kind of stuff. It, it so quickly flicks from one to the other. Sadly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so at the time when we found out that he'd died well at, actually let me um put it in a kind of time frame so um, while well, my sister was expecting this baby and and I should point out um my sister maintained like a an okay relationship with my dad, she like stayed on ter- talking terms and checked in every now and again um but I had, for the past four years, you know, been like, nope, done with it. Final straw, all that kind of stuff. So um, when she found out that she was expecting a boy, um, she sent a message to my dad's phone and said, hey, got some cool news. I'm going to be a mum again because he's got the daughter. Um, and she got her message back that said, um, well actually it was a picture <laughs> it was a picture of my dad in the hospital bed looking god awful <laughs> um, looking real bad really really bad and um, the message said something like um, you know we're pleased you got in touch because things aren't going great here um, and it quickly became apparent it wasn't my dad writing this message it was um, his current wife or other wife uh, Another wife <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that was a like a Wednesday we found out that he was gravely ill, um and then we woke up on Sunday morning that week to find out he passed away, so then, by the Sunday afternoon, um my sister, my mum and I um took flights to go over for his funeral. Which, so we landed, no, we flew and landed on the Monday. We buried him on the Tuesday, flew back to London the the next day on the Wednesday. I had a couple of days off and then I went straight back to work the following week. Um, And I haven't stopped since. like, I haven't, I haven't uh, properly kind of stopped. Um, I realise also I haven't stopped talking in ages. So I'm going to stop talking (laughs) for a little bit as well.
0: That's okay. You have a lot to (laughs) say. Our caller says she hasn't stopped talking in ages. And I think it's important to recognize that sometimes you do just have to pause in life, such as right now, as we're pausing for advertisements. Check out these products, these services. There's a lot of promo codes here. Really helps the show when you use them. So check them out and consider it. We'll be right back. on how you buy. Thanks again to our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call.
1: I realize also I haven't stopped talking in ages, so I'm going to stop talking for a little bit as
0: well. (laughs) Well, That's okay. You have a lot to say. You have a lot to say. Yeah, apparently. Well, and it's, it's, uh, it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm... I'm extremely lucky. I'm close with both my parents. And, uh, you know, everybody has tangled up feelings about their folks. But I, I know for me, I got very, very lucky. One of the things that's so interesting that I'm sure has to be part of what you're wrapping your head around is if you get to the point where you cut a parent off, this is clearly a self-protective instinct right as a child of this this you felt like there was deception you felt like some sense of betrayal you've mentioned that he had a family that you didn't know about so you're cutting him off out of a sense of protecting yourself and, and of being done with it and I I say this out of pure curiosity and compassion it's going to sound a little harsh maybe but I would think that, you know, from the outside and maybe even before it happened, you would think that maybe your father's death wouldn't be one that sent you into a spiral for all these months because it sounds like someone who you'd really been burned by and hurt by. And I'm sure it must be quite confusing, even for you, it sounds like, to have this grief mess with you this profoundly? Because it sounds like the relationship itself had already messed with you so profoundly.
1: yes, yeah, Confusing is definitely the word. Um, so I thought about the scenario if, if I had still had like a lovely relationship with him and did still adore him like I used to. when I was, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever. Um and losing him, even when I did adore him would still be tough. Um, I don't know whether it's yeah supposed to make it harder the fact that um you know the things have things went sour towards the end, and uh yeah i yeah, so i also to put into context, um there was another family as well, <laughs> so a third a third, third family funeral. yeah man, <laughs> yeah, at the funeral, I met um three sisters um who I had not met before. Wow, which were pretty nuts. Um, yeah, and and you, you also said about protection as well. deception and protection. I I think are two words i have been going around in my head. So I think whether he thought he was protecting us from the truth, or but really it felt like deception and all this kind of stuff. Is it, there's so many again. Classic death cliches that you're just left with so many questions, um, and it's it's that whole like I just wish I had, you know, ten minutes with them to go, what was this about, and what was that about, and and this and that and the other, um, so that you can kind of, you know, for your own benefit, um, get your head around it, I suppose, because it's it's hard enough kind of remembering that, oh yeah, my dad's dead. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it's it, that's that's a tricky enough thing. But then also to go, oh, yeah, my dad's dead and I'm still, am I angry about it or am I really sad that I didn't, you know, go and see him for one last time or should I have reacted that last way in the argument and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um And I could, you know, play that card of, well, he's the parent, he's always the parent and I'm always the child in this scenario. So should he have been the one to be like, look, um, and bad things, and you know sorry or whatever i, I know my mum wanted an apology, and she never got it, so I think I've been protecting her or or you know tried to be her kind of body of armor or something um yeah <laughs> Ugh.
0: it's really uh. It's really uh, this is an obvious thing to say, but what a hard thing to even have an opinion on as an outsider hearing about it. Because it, it's like in in the one sense, it's such a cautionary tale, right? Of I bet there's I bet there's some people listening right now who have a strange strange relationship in their lives going, this might be a good motivator for me to reach out so that there's at least some base level. So that if that connection gets severed, like your connection did, that it, it it is something that's not unresolved. On another level, though, there's a part of me going, "Well, to have to have three families that are separate from each other to not offer up apologies to people who feel like they deserve them." I'm certainly not trying to speak ill or, or, or judge a person who's passed, but it it, it does sound to me like you were not the one who created all these unresolved. Situations, and, and you're not the one who made those circumstances happen. So it it is heartbreaking to hear that you went from having one of the best years of your life to being so tangled up in the grief. And what sounds a word that I don't think we brought up. It sounds a little bit like there's some guilt involved um, on your end, and maybe I'm wrong on that. But it's just heartbreaking to hear because you you're not the one who created any of these circumstances.
1: Yeah, you, you're right. Yeah, there is, there is this element of, of guilt. Um, because I, you know, even though it was very, very short window of time from that Wednesday when we first got the notification that he was in hospital and, and looking terrible, um, to that Sunday morning when we found out he'd gone, I, I could have tried to make a phone call or tried to, cause it, it was, it was that sort of picture where you know, like, okay, he's not he's not going to come around uh, from this, you know. And I, I could have made that call or, um, you know, but I didn't. <laughs> um, perhaps because I was just trying to, I don't know what I was doing, but there's, there's a bit of a blur now in hindsight. Um, I think I just carried on, carried on working and uh, typical, like, keep calm, carry on British way of doing it, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> But it's also,
0: what? yeah, what a, it's really, I thank you for opening up about this, because it's really hard, but what a, what a fascinating thing to think about, that I, I bet a lot of people have been through their own version of, or are in the middle of their own version of, because it's like, was there any element of you that's like, so you're estranged, sounds like sounds like your dad really uh, in, life, in life created a lot of chaos that made you eventually go, I'm done with this. I'm going to hold you at arm's length. Was there any element in you that goes, okay, the guy's sick. Why does that mean I'm the one who has to bite the bullet? And why isn't he reaching out to me? You know, like why, why does it take your sister saying, hey, I got this news to even hear about this? Like... I'm sure there must have been a part of you that's like, is there any part of you that's like, you don't get to use your illness to almost twist my arm into having this conversation that I'm not ready to have or that you should probably be initiating. Was there any elements of that?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, now it does feel that way. At the time, um, I think my sister was kind of guilted into feeling like she's so when we got that message I think she was guilted into going over to see him and also taking her daughter um because he'd never met his his granddaughter so my my sister was actually put in that horrible position of um you know feeling guilty about whether or not she but she was you know expecting at the time as well and it's and it imagine a two-year-old going to the foreign country and hospitals are scary and Seeing this scary man and scary things, you know, it's just, and I'm, so I'm glad that my sister didn't make the decision to, um, you know, go over there, which he had been guilting her about for a while. Um, yeah, I, I, had I, had I been given a second chance to kind of consider it, um, I don't think I would, I don't know, I, I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know. If I was advising someone else who is uh, coming up to a situation, do what feels right for you in the moment. Because um, always afterwards, you kind of doubt like whether or not you did the right thing. Um, it's, it's like that classic, uh, you know. So, so uh, not classic. That sounds morbid, but if you get the opportunity to sort of kiss goodbye to a loved one, and some people will go, oh no, actually, I'd rather, I'd really rather not. I don't want to see them when they're not there anymore. And then some people are like, yes, of course, I wouldn't miss the opportunity to go and say goodbye in the chapel of rest or whatever. It's it's whatever feels right for you at the moment and you can't regret that, you know, five, 10 years later down the line. I think that's something I learned from that other grief podcast. You know, you've got to do what feels good, not good, but <laughs> do what feels right for you there and then. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, me looking back at, that, that between that wednesday and sunday before we'd find out found out that he'd gone um you know i i guess i've just got to stick to my guns i suppose I, I made the right decision for me at that time I mean, does that answer the question i'm not sure it does
0: it does it does it's just uh yeah i guess i i just, I, I just keep i i find my heart bleeding and my main compassion laying in in the idea of it, I mean it's horrible to lose a parent it's it's horrible to uh to lose anyone in your life when there's so many things that are unresolved but I just feel I just feel like my heart is really uh going out to you in the sense of it sounds like you didn't create much of the sort of chaos that came to define this relationship and it I know it's sort of just a pretty basic thing to say, but you didn't you didn't create it you're a young person who's trying to navigate it your whole life. And now you're here left holding the bag, trying to figure out all those feelings in the aftermath of your dad being gone. And that just, I know this is basic, but that just sucks. It just really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: does. Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's a, it's a big bag of suck. Um, But, you know, I, I hadn't, not thought about my dad dying before you know he he, he had been ill previously um and you know we, because he lives in this foreign country and and we don't regularly talk to him I've, I've thought you know what what happens if he dies and no one tells us like these other families they don't owe us anything they don't know us they don't have to tell us they they, I, they might think they might gain something from not telling us I we don't know we've not met them but um you know, it it just so happened that they, they did and when we met them and they were super nice and you know, the the uh, the youngest sibling of the family um I'd I'd known about her her only, um in the last few years and I, I was jealous of her and I was you know, I um harbored all these kind of negative uh, emotions towards her because she had the dad that I didn't have growing up. You know, she she had him, you know, at her 10th birthday or she had him as a teenager and she had the dad that I didn't. So I thought when I met her, you know, I was, I'd keep my distance and, and <laughs> avoid any kind of clashes. And then I meet her and she's the coolest kid you've ever met. <laughs> so... And so, like, witty and sharp and, like, so considerate. Like, bear in mind, this is our dad's funeral. Like, she's so considerate and sweet, but also, like, there was... Okay, funeral anecdote. There was one moment where, in this particular culture... um, So, my my dad's from a different culture as well. So, in this particular culture, you you stand in the um, courtyard of the mosque and the coffin is there um, and the family the grieving family i should note because you're expected to very visibly cry it seems <laughs> um the, the the five daughters picture this the five daughters all have their hands on the coffin and um the crowd gathers any anyone you know <laughs> any of your uncle off the street anyone they all come and they watch you cry and they take photographs of you which I still don't know why, but it was very strange. <laughs> and um, I whispered to my sister, my you know British sister, and I say, "This is weird. They're taking photos." And then the younger, cool uh, sister that I've just met, um, the one who I thought you know would be a bad egg, she she whispers to me. She goes, "This country is shit. I hate it." <laughs> <laughs> and so I start laughing because it completely throws me off guard uh, that she, you know, that was just what I needed to hear in that moment of weird, and that she feels weird as well. Sorry, Sally. As well. Uh, that you know, it's <laughs> it was just it was classic. It was like a. I guess that's one good thing that has come out of all of this is like I've I've kind of earned like a earned no gained that word a gained like a, a really cool. Sibling,
0: and you, um, do yeah, you, do you think that you're going to stay in touch with these siblings that you met through this experience? Is, is there any potential for that?
1: Um, there's potential, yeah. So, um, more than likely, yes, the one who is younger than me, um, because she's cool. Uh, uh the other two, um, I don't know, I know <laughs> the, the eldest one, <laughs> um. I don't think she's very sociable to anyone, um the other one i I don't know, I'd probably not she, um I think she fainted at the funeral as well. like I don't think she's doing well, uh, but she's never reached out to me It always it always seemed that everyone reached out to my sister. She was probably the nicer one, uh, <laughs> maybe because of, I don't know whether my dad spread rumors about me going ugh. Yeah, don't don't talk to that one. She's a troublemaker because of, you know I exposed him or whatever. <laughs> um, Wait, yeah, I don't I don't know. Probably not.
0: When you say you exposed him, what does that what does that mean?
1: Well, I sorry I shouldn't say exposed. I mean I called him out. I I just called him out on his BS. Um, you know, I he he was definitely a man of pride and a man of. Um, you know, it, it was a very, like, traditional country that he came from. So it was full of respect and, and very patriarchal and all this kind of thing. So, like, he my other half asked for his permission in marriage, which I know is kind of cute and traditional, but I'm not a traditional person. But I knew that, that it would mean the world to him. So we did it. And, you know, but that kind of just puffed up his ego a little bit more. Um even so, you know. Um, no, I. Sorry, exposed was the wrong word. I mean, I just called him out and, and uh, gave him what for, really.
0: <laughs> wow, that's a weird year. You're right. That's a weird year. For that to start, for that to be a January incident that kicks off your year. I think you've earned the right you've earned the right to uh, overthink things for a while certainly I think we all have a right to overthink things once in a while I think sometimes our lives have uh, things that need to be dealt with also sometimes our lives have advertisements in them because we live in a capitalist society and commercialism is literally everywhere, this show is no different check out the ads, use the promo codes we'll be right back Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors Beautiful Anonymous. Now let's finish off the phone call. I think you've earned the yeah, right. Yeah. You've earned the right to uh, o- overthink things for a while, certainly.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I am, um, but I, you know, I, I've got a great support network. I've got lovely friends, and uh, my behalf is amazing. And, um, I've started going back to counselling. Um, I I went, I think it was like for 19 months. I went, you know, every week to this counsellor who was brilliant. So um, yeah, I've, I've just had my first session the other week um, with a nice lady. I, yeah, I don't know if she's right for me, but we'll see how it goes. Like I kind of have a lot of nice ladies in my life. Um, and shock horror, I think I need a man to talk to. So, uh, <laughs> I haven't really had that kind of, uh.
0: <laughs> you want to find a counselor who you can, uh, who when you get into the emotion of this, da- of these dad issues that you can really go to town a little bit. You want
1: to. Uh, I, that's all I picture is just them writing on a clipboard, daddy issues and underlining it three times. That's I mean, all it takes.
0: Listen, I'm not, I, I don't want to be too, uh, have we named an episode Daddy Issues yet, Harry? Because if not, I think this is we clear cut know the name of this episode. What else would it be? If only we could underline something three times on a computer screen, it would be I mean we have to call this one. It's the definition. But I like that. You want a male counselor so that if that emotion comes out, you can displace that rage and uh have and I'm sure like right, like is it gonna be like the uh The stereotype—I would imagine like the stereotype of like a British counselor. Maybe he's like an older, reserved, gentlemanly type, who, uh, you know, wears tweed, and then you're just going off on him. He he asks you one question and brings out the daddy issues, and you get to just go off on this very reserved British gentleman. That's what I have in my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. That's all I'm wanting for. You know, take my money. I need someone to shout at for a
0: while. You need to pay a punching bag, an older an older male punching bag to uh get out some of this some of the dad rage. I think you earned it.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. You, I think oh. that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> so Yeah. I I
0: so in the midst of this year in the midst of this year like you said last year I wrote down you're planning a wedding you got a cat you have a new place to live all these good things what are you doing in in the course of this year where this grief's kind of grabbing you and dragging you down into the muck a little bit what's the type of stuff you do on a day to day basis to keep your head above water
1: so I have been throwing myself into work which I think I said uh, um, I've been doing wedding planning so like the the week that we got back from the funeral, I thought, right, I'm going to sort out the save the dates and I'm, I'm going to send out the save the dates to all of my loved ones and all my favourite people because that's the right thing to do. I'm going to start planning and it's something nice to focus on. And that was the right choice because then sending out the save the dates meant I also got lovely replies and it was from, like I said, like all my favourite people just going, this is awesome, I can't wait, and yeah, looking forward to it, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I've been with my other half. It will be 11 years this summer, actually, but we've been together. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> um, and that's what a lot of the people are saying, you know, this it's going to be the wedding of the century, which obviously is a lot of pressure. But, um, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that, which is, you know, a nice kind of, Distraction, bit of Pinterest, all that kind of stuff. Um, playing with my cat or hanging out with my niece, and, and obviously now we've got the nephew as well. Uh, that's nice things to do. Um, yeah, I, I live by. A, I live in a seaside town, um, and it's it's just a nice place. It's. Uh, I try and I'm trying to walk more as well. Um, so say if I finish work, I sometimes I'll get off at an earlier train station and then. Walk along the sea and um, and take the long way home. Um, just stuff like that, like walking and and listening to stuff, listening to podcasts. The little little odds and sods that just kind of you know mean I don't wake up the next day feeling glum. I, I try not to be a Captain Buzzkill. I know I I know I've been you know he's he's a heartbleed and it made me really sad. I, I hope you don't think I'm like a yeah a negative Nelly, but. Uh, Oh, how about these titles Negative Nelly Captain Buzzkill because I prefer that to daddy issues I must say
0: let's go ahead and write those down Harry because we're brainstorming some good ones these are all killers (laughs) these are all real click getters these are download getters uh, that gets me mad, cause you just described like such an ideal life. You just described like you have this loving partner of eleven years, and you play with your cat, and you live in a seaside town, and sometimes you get off the train early to walk along the sea, and then you play with your adorable niece and your new nephew, and it sounds so ideal. And then it's like, oh, and then you're, uh, yeah. and then and then you're, uh, and then you're. And then your dad, who was kind of not great, had to go die and fuck the whole thing up. Sorry, Sally. That sucks. (laughs) This guy who you were already fighting with had to go die and put you in your head, had to just put you deeply in your own head when you're just trying to walk along the sea to get home to your cat. That sucks. That sucks. (laughs) My three legged cat as well. Oh, what? it. It got
1: even cuter. No, a three legged cat. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's got an Instagram and he's been on BuzzFeed and everything. A
0: three-legged yeah, BuzzFeed cat. <laughs> yeah, man. Dad has to go and die on the other side of some ocean and make you just sad for five months. That sucks.
1: Hey, oh, God, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad you get it. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I don't mean to be, uh, I'm not trying to, like, uh, boil it down in any way, but it just sucks. It just sounds like you have... A real good thing going, and you had, this one, you had this one open wound. You had this one open wound and what sounds like an other. You even like your job. Who likes their job? Nobody likes their job. And you've brought up like 11 times of like, oh, I just throw myself into my work. I have the easiest job on earth. Even I'm not like, oh, I I'm, I love throwing myself into my job. And then you got this one open wound, and this guy has to go and do the one thing that might really cause some permanent damage, which is uh, tragically pass away without resolution. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks.
1: That's typical, ain't it? I'm so glad you get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I... Then
1: I also, I, in, the, in the same breath, I feel awful for the people that don't have all these like privileges and, and lovely things in their life, and they're also dealing with all this crappy stuff, so I, I don't want to gloat too much.
0: <laughs> but you can't fall. In. I've said it before on the show. I think this idea—you can't. That I feel like that's one of the weird things about many cultures is that it's like you can't apologize for your pain or let it be competition with other people's pain. It's real, and any sort of privileges or stability or advantage you have shouldn't make you feel guilty about the fact that you got this uh, this uh, open loop that's going to be very hard to resolve. You can't do that either. Yeah. I know what you're yeah. saying, though. Some 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 people have stuff going on, and they don't get to wander near the sea in an existential uh, haze. They don't get to gaze out upon the yeah. crashing waves. But it doesn't change the fact that shit hurts. It's okay if it hurts.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yeah, what's, that's true. What's the cat's name? And what happened to his leg? <laughs>
1: So his name is Wobbly Thomas. Come on. No, it's not.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. He has three legs and you name them
1: Wobbly Thomas?
0: That's a a little mean, don't you?
1: No, well, he was a kilo overweight when we adopted him. Plus, you know, he's a little bit wonky. So he was called just Thomas when we got him. Uh, But, yeah, he's Wobbly Thomas. He's cool with it. He's a cat,
0: you he doesn't, he doesn't know. Now, I assume he had three legs when you adopted him, and there wasn't some sort of tragic accident.
1: Yes, no, you're right. I'm, I'm not a terrible pet owner. Yes, so um, <laughs> we adopted him after he was in um, he was in like foster care, animal foster care, for like a year. So the the RSPCA um, they found this cat had been hit by a car. Um, he hadn't been microchipped, no collar, anything like that. So they um, took him into care. Obviously, his leg was amputated; it was beyond recoverable. Um, and then some foster carers, kind of, because they they just have so many pets to deal with. The foster carers uh, took him in, and no one had any interest in him. No one cared. No one cares for the three-legged cats of the world. It seems. Um, well, that's what I thought until, you know, as I say, made him an Instagram account, found out that. There's a tripod community that he's a part of. A tripod community? That's a thing? Tripod cats? Tri- tripod. Poured. Tripod! Yeah.
0: So it's both an accurate description and a pun on the word tripod.
1: Exactly. What's not to love?
0: You know, when I hear you say no one loves the three-legged cats of this world, I know that in a literal sense you're referring to Wobbly Thomas but I can't help but wonder if deep down on some level you're metaphorically speaking of yourself. How How is that for deep? How is that for deep? I don't think that's...
1: I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: don't think that was true. It just felt like it was there sitting on the table and I had to go for it.
1: I thought you were going to say it sounds like the title of a Smith song.
0: I mean, when you said you wander on a seaside town, I immediately had every day as like Sunday pop into my head. In this yeah, coast, nice In I'm, this coastal town that they forgot to close down, Armageddon, come Armageddon. It's hard to root it's hard to get in on the Morrissey stuff as he descends progressively further into uh right wing shittiness. Is that all the talk over yeah, there? Man.
1: It's yeah, it's really hard to use that internal battle of like liking the music but also not liking the musician. Um, I think that song i I' was a bit exposed, but I think that was filmed in my town actually I'm pretty sure that the that it includes like the local shopping center and stuff from my town in that video, wow. unless I'm completely getting my like musical trivia knowledge muddled up okay um, yeah. but yeah there's yeah it's it's a shame there's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of people that you used to love when you were younger come, coming out and being jerks. Like yeah. uh, John Cleese, for example. I'm I'm going to drag him. I'm going to put him on blast. Oh in, yeah, he uh, just
0: he just went off on someone on Twitter, right?
1: It's ridiculous. So he he lives in a foreign country. Like I think it's like a bit of a, a tax evasion or evasion or whatever. Um, he doesn't live in London anymore, but he's he's saying, oh, London isn't. It doesn't have Londoners anymore, and of course, it voted Brexit and all this kind of stuff. It's so, like. John, you, you lose your opinion when you, you leave the country. So, uh, yeah, it's just just being a bit of
0: a dog. He also, <laughs> and he also strangely attacked my friend Nicole Byer on Twitter. Nicole Byer came up with me in the same comedy scene in New York. She lives in Los Angeles now. She was on my show, and he went after her kind of out of nowhere. It's weird. And he's like a comedy legend, and she's in relatively i mean certainly compared to john cleese it, it's weird that he would have an opinion on someone who started you know like five or six years after me let alone him attacked her yeah for using for referring yeah. Yeah. for doing a comedy that mentioned female genitalia he thought that was real
1: egregious yeah weird yeah mm-hmm. Now, some some people shouldn't be allowed
0: the internet. No, I mean I think most people should not be allowed near the internet. I think uh, (laughs) it's funny. It's funny. I I was just talking with somebody the other day. I was talking with my buddy Don Finelli, and he just had a kid as well. And I was telling him, oh, like his his wife puts up all these Instagram pictures, and she's a comedy writer. She puts up these like really laugh out loud, funny captions, and he's like, ah, yes, what the internet was supposed to be. It's like, you looking at my kids' pictures and chuckling at the captions my wife wrote. And I was like, right, that is what it's supposed to be. And then it's also, you know, Russian teens manipulating me into being in a uh, half-rage, half-frozen-in-fear state of mind 23 hours a day. Or (laughs) Facebook manipulating my fears in order to get clicks so they make money. Oh, right. That's what it's turned into. But also a great connecting force that has fomented a lot of positive social movements. So who's to say?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so my job, I work in digital. I I used to work in magazines, uh, one particular magazine. You might know, actually, Bazaar Magazine. Did you you ever read that?
0: I'm familiar. B-A-Z-A-A-R, right?
1: Oh, no. I think that was a bit more highbrow. No, we were more, you know, along with the... uh, Boobie magazines. Bizarre is
0: in R E. You said Z. It doesn't matter. You said Z. I love it. What? That's like a blimey or a crikey oh. to me, a Z. We say Z. You say Z. Oh, I, I thought I felt it wrong. I was like, oh, that's
1: embarrassing. No, I like it. I've never <laughs> understood
0: why Z in Britain contains a D. But anyway, who, who knows? Who cares? Oh, so it was like a porno? You worked at a pornographic magazine? Uh, I
1: didn't. Well, no, it wasn't pornographic. It was we'd call it like the number one alternative culture magazine. So it kind of, uh, you know, it was for the goths or it's for like Ah. the emo emo kids of the day, I guess. Like it was the, yeah, the the underdogs of society. But it also, you know, had fetish stuff and and, um, all that kind of stuff. Like just the weirdos. It had furries. It had the first, like, I think, I think it was the first plus size cover in the UK or something like that the first what cover April Flores uh sorry plus size there was um, oh, a cover cool. model called yeah. April Flores yeah so it's,
0: uh, it's yeah, the, so, yeah. the magazine i would have grown up reading if i grew up a teenager in britain
1: yes yeah, yeah for sure yeah nice. I, I think it yeah, it was it was quite international and it had yeah it had a little of uh, you know yeah worldwide stuff but sadly it folded in like 2012 um because you know the internet <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. so I, I went to the other side, and I went. I went into digital, um, and I've kind of worked my way now. I, I work in the charity sector, which I love, and um, I do a lot of um, stories. So it's a lot of like communities and um, getting real voices heard, and and also diverse voices. And which is, I think, probably why I love the podcast so much because it's you know it's it's putting on blast all these people that you wouldn't normally hear from. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's through the internet <laughs> that uh, we're able to get these people talking to one another and reading other people's experiences, and they can comment and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, lovely stuff. Yeah, same so here. I mean, Some of it's good.
0: I talk a lot of shit about the internet for someone who's presently hosting a show where I use the internet to find random strangers to talk to, and then I distribute the conversations via the internet. I understand the hypocrisy. Of me bashing the people have started to call me out on this of like, you bash the internet a lot I'm beautiful. I'm on beautiful this. Which I will say is immediately hypocritical because it's an internet driven medium, podcasting. Yeah.
1: We're biting the hand that feeds there a little bit, aren't we? <laughs> we
0: certainly are. We certainly are. <laughs> Listen, we got seven minutes left. What do I uh Holy cow. Yeah, what you seem like such a solid person. Such a stable life going. You're describing your job. It sounds like you're doing good stuff and trying to help people have a voice. You got so much to look forward to in your own life. You got your your family expanding with your sister. You got wobbly Thomas. You have the ocean. What do I gotta do? What do I gotta do here to give you just a little something to hang on to to remember? The grief the grief is gonna go away. The questions will always remain, but how do we expedite this so that you can enjoy all these positive, wonderful things? How do you expedite grief? One of the great questions humans deal with. There's no easy
1: answer. I don't know if there's any easy work around it. Isn't that a shame? That would be so good if someone had answers to all these questions. How do I stop feeling sad about these things? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know man. I've it's it's been so nice um although you know Captain Buzzkill um bringing the party down a little bit but um yeah I yes, focusing on the good stuff um because on one hand yes I have been distracting myself and not really been dealing with the whole messy pot of uh, my dad being dead and all the side effects of that <laughs> um and on the same, you know, in the same breath, it's also been doing stuff that's constructive. You know, I, I, I haven't been self-medicating or, or you know, hurting myself or any, you know, bad things. It's all kind of been uh, positive stuff. So, yeah, like you, stuff sucks and you get a big bag of crap. But if you, if you think, okay, let's, let's, well, no, it's not. It's I'm trying to make it sound easy. It's obviously it's not easy, but you know, if you just try and get the good out of the crap. <laughs> oh, dear. This is a horrible, messy bag analogy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do like that the analogy fell apart. And the only clear part that really, the only part that you really stuck the landing on was stuff sucks and you get a big bag of crap. And then the rest of it was very hazy as far as what to take away from it. The first half yeah, was I'm very... Yeah,
1: de- i Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort
0: of sums up, it sort of sums up where you're at in general, though, huh? Like the part I'm certain of. Stuff sucks, and you get handed a big yeah. bag of crap, and then the other, well, <laughs> then the, the positive takeaway uh, is a little uh, more. Um, well, be hard. That's a little more hard to nail down the foundation of, but it's
1: there. It's got to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm glad that <laughs> some of it made sense. It's true. Like that would be the full word of the book of grief. You know, stuff sucks, <laughs> and everything's crap.
0: And then go figure out the rest for yourself I'll give you the first yeah. yes, I will give you the first Yes, half of this Of this inspirational cone But you got It's only the exposition And then you got to nail the conclusion for yourself
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yes yeah. When's the marriage? When are you getting married?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, Halloween 2020
0: <laughs> You really gave yourself a lot of lead time On this one, huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm perfection takes time. No, that's a lie. I'm just lazy. <laughs> Wait, why Halloween? A Halloween
0: wedding that sounds cool.
1: Yeah, so if you were to meet me, you'd probably it'd probably make sense the second you saw me. Um, but also, yeah, Halloween is the best, and um, it was one of the few dates that was left available in October 2020. This was like back last summer, uh, you know, booked it. I want it ten, ten, twenty, twenty 2020 because it looks good in Roman numerals and someone already taken it. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's a full moon, so all blown goth. Wicked.
0: <laughs> so you worked at Bizarre Magazine. There's a goth vibe. You're going to have a goth wedding, a Halloween wedding. Is everyone going to dress up? Or are you going to encourage people to dress in costume?
1: Uh, well, so that, that would be great, but also I don't like people to guess. So, I'd probably theme it Christmas and say no fancy dress just to throw curveballs. Um, I don't want anyone to make assumptions and go, oh, yeah, I totally guessed that she would have done that. So,
0: wait, are you serious? You're going to have a Christmas themed wedding on Halloween?
1: (laughs) No, I hate Christmas. (laughs) But, you know, Easter theme, you know, just uh, switch it up. I've just seen like.
0: Just regular wedding you're thinking just regular yeah. wedding. You don't want everybody you don't want people there dressed as like Freddy Krueger or anything like that.
1: Well, I wouldn't say no. I'm not <laughs> gonna turn them away. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. Creativity and individuality. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's not gonna be enforced, that's for sure.
0: Sure. So but the, yeah,
1: I've, I've seen like I've seen the plastic pumpkins and all that kind of stuff and I, I don't really feel that. So we'll mm-hmm. just see. Um, Maybe
0: I'll just go for posh goth vibes. <laughs> posh goth vibes. I'm getting a good sense of it. All right, <laughs> all right. We got about a minute and a half left. Where? What are we thinking? What's the cl- what's the closing message to the world on this one? And again, what I will say reiterate: so so sorry for your loss. So so sorry that it fucked with your head. And I just uh, really hope that you're able to enjoy all the good things you got going on as as you filter this one through your system. Although I know that's easier said than done.
1: That's, that's very nice of you. Thank you so much. Um, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And um, I, I think I've said like the podcast really did help me when I needed to kind of hear other people going through, going through it, you know, whatever it was. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's a really nice uh, connection to have and, uh, you know, I see the posts and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. It's it's just super nice. So, yeah, I'm all I'm all about like community involvement and connections and engagements. But, yeah, I, I just like if anyone's going through grief and yeah, I'm sorry, it's it sucks and it's a bag of crap. But also, you know, enjoy the little things and it's okay to laugh and it's okay to cry and be angry and all that kind of stuff because there's no rules. There's no rules.
0: Yeah, I think the only real rule that we've nailed down is uh, God bless Wobbly Thomas.
1: Yes, Church of Wobbly.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for the call. (laughs) Thank you for talking.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Caller, thanks so much. I'm sending you all the positive vibes I can muster. I hope everything goes great with your Halloween wedding next year. I hope that you and Wobbly Thomas continue to uh, take over the world of BuzzFeed. And most of all, obviously, I hope that uh, you really do take your time, get your head together, figure out how to process your loss, which I will reiterate, I'm so sorry for it. I thank you for calling. I have a feeling it's probably going to help a lot of other people out there going through their version of their story, and I think that that's a noble thing to do. Thank you. Thank you to Harry Nelson in the booth. No thanks to Jared O'Connell, who abandoned me this week. I don't know where he is. Uh, he big-timey. That's okay. I'll talk to him when he gets back. Thank you to Justin Linville for all your help in my life. And thank you to Shell Shack for the intro music. If you want to know about me, dates I'm going on the road, go to ChrisCath.com. If you want to help the show, one thing you can do, you go to Apple Podcasts, your rate, review, subscribe. It really does help so much. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, it's, uh, I'm not gonna lie, a hard conversation. It's not easy growing up young and female in a world that makes you worry so much about your body, and, uh, we have a very brave caller who really gets into it with us.
1: And it's so frustrating because I I feel like I'm so on top of it and I'm so aware of it, but then at the same time, I'm not. I'm making stupid choices by not telling people and by continuing the same pattern of habits because there's that line from
0: people who have addictive behaviors by saying, you know, I can stop whenever I want, and I feel like that's the place that I've been for years now and it's not okay. And I know that it's not okay, but knowing doesn't mean doing. Um, that's
1: been difficult.
0: That's next time on Beautiful and on.